I'm always seeing things on the news and thinking that can't be right, can it? Listen to the KYW News Radio in depth podcast and make it make sense. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. So, as we join you today, history's been made. We have the first black woman and just the third African American to ever be seated on the United States Supreme Court as Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson was officially confirmed earlier today. It is about time, Jay. After a harrowing round of questioning, I was actually surprised that the vote came this quickly. Yeah, this was a vote that seemingly didn't take long. It went right from the committees that we saw earlier this week and then earlier today. They had one procedural vote, and then it just went boom, right to it. A vote of 53 to 47 where you had a pair of Republicans also join every single Democrat in the U.S. Senate to make it official that Ketanji Brown-Jackson joins Thurgood Marshall and Clarence Thomas as the two other African-Americans who have ever sat in the Supreme Court, and she's the first black woman to do so. Now, I don't know if this will have any effect on the decisions the Supreme Court makes because she is replacing another liberal justice, Stephen Breyer, but the representation is really what's important here. We'll have a Supreme Court that looks a little bit more like the country that it represents. Now, KYW's Antoinette Lee has gotten reaction to this historic moment for the U.S. Supreme Court. We'll have the link to that down in the show description. But yeah, Ketanji Brown-Jackson replacing Justice Stephen Breyer and becoming the first black woman to sit on the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Serka. And we're also going to be talking about mental health today, specifically for kids. And in Delaware County, they're building out a plan to improve mental and behavioral health services for students. And we'll be joined by our Suburban Bureau Chief, Jim Melwart, who's going to come on later today to talk about that. But first, we've we've seen all kinds of fundraisers, Sabrina, that are supporting Ukraine, from bake sales to the temp professor that we had on here a couple weeks ago selling guitar pedals. John Bon Jovi is tossing some of his money into the mix as well. He's partnering with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy with the goal of raising $2 million for Ukraine. Now, when I first saw this, Jay, I thought, Bon Jovi concert for as a fundraiser, that's going to be great. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like this is a concert, but they <laughs> are taking donations and Bon Jovi is going to match. Bon Jovi with his wife are going to match $500,000 of donations. They've got some other sponsors on board to, to match, too, to hopefully get up to that two million. Bon Jovi and the governor have been friends for a while, which is just kind of the most New Jersey thing you've ever heard, right? <laughs> so it makes sense that that they're doing this together. They're collecting donations through a new nonprofit, which will be overseen by the Community Foundation of New Jersey, and they're calling it Together for Ukraine. I'm sure at, at times living on a prayer seems to be like one of the state songs of New Jersey, it seems, between that and anything Bruce Springsteen. But this is a great, this is a really cool thing. And it's it's again, we talked about this even when Hadass was on with us too. The lengths that people are going to do things to help out Ukraine is just mind blowing in the best possible way. Yeah, and we've also talked before about World Central Kitchen. So they're going to be the ones getting the money from all of this great organization, helping provide food to people at the border of Ukraine and Poland, helping out those people who are fleeing a war zone. So again, we'll have a link with more information on our Twitter page and in our show notes if you want to find out what's going on with this fundraiser and how you can help. Now, we also might be seeing more movies being filmed in South Jersey. Camden and Gloucester County officials have launched the South Jersey Film Office Cooperative. They're aiming to bring more filmmakers to the area. Heather Simmons is the deputy director of the Gloucester County Board of Commissioners, and she says, of course, this is really about bringing more business to the state. 
This is a key aspect of the revitalization of the economy post-COVID. It's an opportunity to create jobs, to bring filmmakers here, to bring film production studios here. Now, we have seen this in other states across the country as well over the last 15 years, where states often will offer a tax credit for productions that film in the state. And New Jersey is no different. And this co-op is also going to help facilitate services such as permitting and scouting, basically a one-stop shop, if you will. It's great to see that they're kind of getting on board and really bringing this thing together as a collective. Also, there's SEPTA. They're trying something new to make public transit more exciting for kids. Now, the Come Aboard the Reading Promise campaign is providing short stories for kids to read on the bus or train, along with colorful murals, with riddles and maps, and, of course, all sorts of Philly-centric stuff as well. Now, KWW's Mike DiNardo went on the Broad Street line to check this whole thing out. In front of the colorful new kids' murals at the Tasker Morris and Erie stations on the Broad Street line are kiosks that dispense stories, says Jenny Bagoni, executive director of the Read by Fourth campaign. Families can come up, push a button, and a little ticket will come out that is a short story that they can read with their children on the bus or on the subway. The original stories are submitted by Philly authors. The effort called Come Aboard the Reading Promise aims to get kids interested in reading and to build their vocabulary wherever they are, even on the subway, says SEPTA's Assistant General Manager Kim Scott Heinley. It's an opportunity for parents and their children to do things together, to, to be engaged and use transit and SEPTA as a vehicle to do that. This is just another thing that is meant for kids that I, as a 32-year-old adult, am really excited about. Like, I want to read a short story. It's probably just the right length for me to read on my commute into work. It sounds like a really good idea, too, just to kind of get something more interactive. Because a lot of times people get on the bus or get on the subway and they'll... That you know, you might just zone out. You may have maybe in your phone. You may just not be thinking about this. There's never a bad opportunity for people to learn how to read. Now, these murals and kiosks are going to be at the Tasker Morris and Erie stations on the Broad Street line. And they're also going to have a team of 500 volunteers or reading captains to help distribute busy bus bags of reading materials to families who are also waiting at bus stops. It's a really it, it is a really cool thing. It would have been nice to have one of these things growing up. It's like you never get an opportunity to stop learning. And speaking of kids, there's a new effort focusing on the kids out in the suburbs. Delaware County is putting a focus on students' mental and behavioral health. We'll hear more about that from KYW Suburban Bureau Chief Jim Melwork coming up after this. I'm Jay. I'm Sabrina. All of my friends who are teachers these days are just telling me that their kids have been out of control this year. It seems like the pandemic definitely has something to do with this. It's taken a toll on kids' mental health, and I think that's led to behavioral problems, too. Now, I do have some friends who are teachers and administrators who've kind of said the same thing that throughout this pandemic it's caused. There's a distinct change in kids' behavior. There's a distinct change in their attitudes, and it's made it even tougher to try to reel a lot of these things in. And in Delaware County, that's something that District Attorney Jack Stolsteimer has noticed as well, and he's planning on doing something about it. And for more on that, we're joined by KYW Suburban Bureau Chief Jim Melward. Been a second since we've, since we've had you on here, Jim. You talked with Stolsteimer recently about kids' mental health and behavioral health and how Delaware County's trying to help. So I guess first question is, what drew the DA's attention to this issue? Yeah, Jay, a really interesting conversation with uh, with Jack Stolsteimer about this. And, you know, it's an issue that's that's always been around, but a lot of light really shined on it uh, in, in the, over the past couple of years. 
And, and this is born out of the uh, uh, the Safe School Summit that Delaware County uh, actually Pat Meehan started it back several years ago, and and it's been an annual event. And you know they've done everything. You know it, it was it was after Columbine. You know they started doing this to kind of help schools be more safe and and not that soft target. And I believe it was in 2019. Jack said that they really started hearing you know kind of more about the behavioral health. Uh, and and mental health aspect of um, you know kind of helping schools uh, not not the safety that you might typically think of you know where we we often you know your mind goes to sh- school shootings and things like that um, but school educators were talking a lot about how so many issues in schools uh, disciplinary issues and 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 going from there are behavioral and, and then rooted in mental health and and there's not really you know, any, anything that that's being done, you know, as Jack pointed out, we can't just suspend kids anymore. It makes no sense to say you get a free day off or a free period off of school because you acted badly. That sort of reinforces and enables that kind of behavior. So things like that, what's a better way to deal with these issues, to help these issues and to actually kind of get to the root cause of these issues. And you mentioned there the DA is making it a point to focus on not just mental but behavioral health, kind of keeping the two of them together. And he pointed out that there's a strong connection between those two. Yeah, I think it encompasses both children who are suffering from mental health issues that may not have get manifested in a behavioral incident at school, but people can see that they're suffering and they need help. And then there's also children who do manifest a behavioral issue. Um, and the underlying problem is probably a mental issue. Uh, health issue that's going unaddressed. And so I think they're they're combined for that reason, because oftentimes the behavioral issue is driven by something that that is disrupting this child's life. Um, And and they need to get to the bottom of it. Now, Jim, you mentioned there that quite often the solution had just been if a kid was having some sort of behavioral problem, just suspend them, send them home, get them out for a few days or whatever. But that's not always the best way to handle these things. What are some of the behavioral problems that teachers and administrators have seen as a result of mental health issues that might have just gone unnoticed or unchecked. Yeah. You know, as, as DA, he, he talks about this on, on, a, on a broader scale from from a criminal justice aspect of a lot of the issues that we deal with when we're talking crime are coming from behavioral health rooted in mental health. And and, and he, he draws the parallel to schools, you know, a, a lot of the, the same issues, so many things you know, that are, that are very disruptive. And as he puts it, you know, in a school, it only takes, you know, a handful, one or two or three disruptive students that are, are struggling with these, these issues to just throw everything off kilter. You know, obviously in a classroom of 30 kids, if one is, is, is even, you know, even minor misbehavior that throws off the whole classroom. And now the teacher is, is, is dealing with that one student more than they should. And then you, you take that all the way up the scale you know, when you're talking about, you know, drugs, violence, fighting, bullying, all those things. So so it's really a sliding scale, you know, that that uh, kind of mirrors society. It's a slippery slope, I guess, for these sort of things with mental health issues. What kind of mental health resources are available for kids through schools in Delaware County now? And what's the D.A. trying to add? Yeah, you know, the, the, the typical what's what's offered in schools, you know, guidance counselors, things like that. What they're hoping to get to is where there are actual you know, counselors, 
uh, a therapist available for each school. And, you know, that comes from a combination of uh, a lot of its funding. So, so that's, that's a big piece of the puzzle. So, you know, hoping that the the, the state legislature takes it on. Um, And and some of it is in Delaware County with the, uh, with the department of human services, you know, there, there's help that they can offer. It's just a matter of having the schools be able to identify, Hey, here's an issue that we have. The, The County department of human services has someone who can help. How can we align those and how can we kind of, when that red flag comes up, be able to say, hey, we have a solution right here. You know, my sister actually works as a school psychologist, which is a little bit different from a guidance counselor. There's some different training that goes into it. So I imagine that that's kind of the, the kind of thing that not all schools have, but maybe they're hoping to add more people like that. And, you know, of course, we have the pandemic where everybody went through a lot of anxiety and stress, and that was really hard on kids we there's normal stuff that growing up you're dealing with just bodily changes or relationships or family stuff that we all know about. But I feel like kids these days are living in a different world than when any of us grew up. Are there some specific things that Stolsteimer mentioned that are that are different for kids growing up today than maybe in the past? Well, he, he's a, the, the parent of two 16 year olds. So if if anyone is seeing firsthand, uh, you know, kind of, of what it looks like uh, in high school right now, it's the parent of two 16 year olds, right? This world is much different than when you and I were young, but you and I can remember when we were teenagers, how difficult that period is for everyone. Everyone is having trauma as a teenager that they have to deal with. That's part of the process of life. Add to that all of these new fangled problems that social media brings. My God, social media alone is enough to drive anyone into a behavioral mental health episode. You know, the, the social media aspect of it, you know, I'm, I'm 47. None of that existed when I was in school. If you were bullied, you went home and you were home. And for me, it, I can't fathom what it must be like for a kid who can't escape it. You know, that follows you home. I mean, that's terror. That makes my stomach churn. Just thinking of, of how awful it must be. You pull out your phone, you look at your phone and boom, there it is. I've told you guys before I've walked away from Twitter because it's just such a horrible place. You know, it, it used to be a great place for information. And now you're like, Hey, it's a nice day outside. And somebody will argue <laughs> with you about what kind of day it is. So, you know, imagine that as you mentioned, as you're trying to figure out who you are and, you know, what what it means to 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 kind of grow into the person that you're trying to become and and then you have that i mean that's just that's mind-boggling and then he also talked which i thought was really interesting is, is as a society we've we've shifted more to you know when i was a kid you kind of you had your public face right like you you know, if you, if you popped up too high, you get whacked down like whack-a-mole. If you, if you popped up, you get whacked down. So you kind of lived within the confines of what society expected you to be. And for a lot of people, for a lot of my friends, you know, they were somebody that they couldn't be. And, and Jack says, now we, we've come to a point in society where we realize that's no way to live. We weren't told when we were young that we were able to just be who we were and that was going to be okay. Um, A lot of us had to hide things about ourselves. 
our kids don't feel that same way. That That's good. That's a positive thing. But we also then have to give them the resilience to understand that not everybody is going to be accepting of those uh, differences about them. And they have to find a way to overcome the hurdles. And so that's another aspect here of as we evolve into that, you are free to be who you are. There's going to be still people who will target that person who is being who they are. So obviously you want to address, you know, the kids that are, that are doing that. But on the flip side of that, now there's going to be that person, the person who's willing to be who they are and is targeted for it is going to have some, some issues. And so having someone who's there for them to say, no, 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 it's okay. You can be that person. And you just went through some trauma. Let's deal with that. You know, as he said, we all deal with trauma and part of growing up, part of all of this, you know, of adolescence is learning how to live with that trauma. And, and he makes it very clear. This isn't to say that there shouldn't be any discipline. There, there should still be discipline. Discipline still plays an important role. You need to learn how to function as a member of society. And, you know, there are, are, are bounds to that. There is still a, 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 a place for adolescents learning how to deal with trauma. And often these kids don't always know how to ask for help because sometimes they feel like they're on an island and it falls to the parents or or, or maybe in like an older sibling. What does Stolsteimer want parents to know in all this, especially you, Jim, is you've got kids yourself. Yeah. And, 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 and that's such a great question. And such a great point because there, there's this stigma, you know, there's a stigma and he says, we need to lift that. And part of it is just saying it out loud. You are not a failure as a parent. If your child has a behavioral or mental health issue, there's a very real feeling. Like if I say that my kid needs to talk to someone, well, I've failed. And he makes it very clear that you are not a failure. In fact, if you raise your hand and say, hey, you know what? My kid could use some help. You're actually doing something that's really important. And that's what should be applauded. So, you know, lifting that that stigma and, and we all need to say, I mean, it is, you know, I asked him, like, how do we do it? And he said, just by saying it. So what we have to do as parents is take advantage of every opportunity there is out there and every tool in the toolbox to get our kids through this difficult period. And if we have to raise our hands and say, hey, my kid has issues and I need help with it, do not feel stigmatized. Just do it. It's the right thing to do. And we will be, all be appreciative if you do that. It's the phrase, it's OK not to be OK. And we've been talking about Delaware County, but this is an issue everywhere, including across the Commonwealth. You have Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro, who's currently running for governor, putting a focus on this on this whole thing statewide through the Safe to Say app. Now, Stolsteimer referred to a report about that app as part of what motivated him to address kids' mental and behavioral health. More than 80% of the uh, people who are responding, of the children who are reaching out through these apps and these lines, are talking about behavioral and mental health issues that either they're suffering for and are seeking help, or they have a friend who is suffering and they want to get them help. So, Jim, how does this app work for people who haven't heard of this before, and what else did that report reveal? Yeah, the Safe to Say app, uh, it was started by the Attorney General's office, and it's an anonymous reporting uh, tool that, that, that kids can use for, for, for anything, whether, you know, there's, they have concerns that somebody's going to do something in school, whether it's a friend, you know, is going to hurt themselves. They may need help, that, 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 that they may be, uh, you know, suicide, self-harm, 
um, you know, th their own mental health, someone else's mental health, bullying, all those kind of things. It's it's an anonymous way for, for a student to reach out. And, and the attorney general's office says uh, when you talk about, you know, the percentage, they, they say we're, we're talking more than 80,000 tips. So it's not, you know, 80 percent of, you know, a couple thousand. I mean, 80,000 tips across the state is a lot. And, and when you you look at that number where, it, as they listed, bullying, suicide, self-harm, mental illness or discrimination, harassment. And, you know, it kind of all goes back to what we're talking about of, of just, you know, not being able to escape that and the strain and the stress that that puts on uh, on anyone. Kids, imagine, imagine you know, I'm going to I'm going to keep harping on this because. Imagine you do so. We all did something stupid in school, some more than others. I was, <laughs> I, 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 I majored in middle school and doing stupid things. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, but imagine that follows you home, you know? Yeah. It follows, oh, follows you home, whether it's a social media post, it's a video. And that's the, it, it follows you around like an unpaid bill. And you have to keep coming back to it over and over again. So apps like this can also help people really cope with that because this is a part of our reality now is social media and it can become more of a thing. Now, as this plan kind of starts to flesh itself out, could Delaware County be seen as kind of a model for the rest of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania? You know, we, we talked about this, that the pandemic just like threw open the curtains on on the lack of of, of mental health availability for school-age kids and just how hard it is to, to find somebody. Even if your kid wants to talk to somebody, it's really hard to find somebody who will take them on. So having that in a school, you know, is that kind of the, the, the new trend that, and, and so does not necessarily that, that people look at Delaware County and say, Oh, let's do what they're doing. But more people start realizing like, Hey, we got to address this and this is a good way to tackle it. That's our Suburban Bureau Chief Jim Melward. Thanks once again. Thank you, guys. And you can follow Jim on Twitter. And if you're going to come at him, please come correct. It's at jmelwert on Twitter. That's all for this Thursday. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. And tomorrow is Philly's opening day. And Brian Seltzer will be out at Citizens Bank Park. Join us for a very special Friday here on the JohnCast. But until then, thank you so much. Make sure you grab an umbrella and have a great day.